You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Curling is a lot like fantasy football. Nobody cares about your team or your league. What about my fantasy curling? I call my team, I got stones. Uh, (laughs) And Strofe is the Legion of Broom. The Legion of Broom. I'm sorry. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio. With Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Dan Graziano with ESPN on ESPN Plus had this to say about Jordan Love, which he has gone through every team in the NFL and has gone through what the most likely outcome in his mind will be at the quarterback position. Here's what Dan Graziano had to say. Love has an up-and-down campaign, showing some promise, but not completely convincing the Packers that he's the long-term option. They poke around next offseason, either bringing in a veteran to compete with him or drafting another quarterback high, or maybe even both. Love goes into the 2024 offseason with a chance to start again, but no guarantee of earning the job. That is exactly how I think it'll go, Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The Mountains are blue. We know what to do. Turn on your mic. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. And Matt, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't... I don't think he's wrong. That's that's not a horrible outcome. I think Jordan Love... I think he should compete for the job, first of all. I... Don't no, he's saying 2024, not this yes, year. Like, this year, this year it's, it's his. That said, like, you know, a low pick or like a, a low finish and a high pick is pretty, could be pretty great. There's two, I would take either of the top two prospects right now. Are you, are you invested? I guess I'll ask this week. Maybe it's our second. I don't I'm know, not as question. invested as in Jordan so, Love as Goody is. So that's my that's question. Like, at. you as a Packers fan. Do you give a rip if Jordan Love is good or not? All you should care about is, did they solve the quarterback position? I I will feel bad for Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is the victim of a weird posturing match between Goody and uh, Rodgers. And I think Jordan Love was caught in the middle and absolutely got the worst shake of things. Like, he essentially lost the first half, or the first four years of his NFL career, three years of his NFL career, he's going into a season with there's three three or four guys on the Packers that have seen a 30th birthday. Everyone else is in uh, is young. So he's not really going in with a super veteran team or a team that knows what they're doing. They're going to be in growing pains. And then he's at this point because th- th- where he can walk. Like, with with no, one season potentially under his belt, hopefully he plays the whole time. Like Jordan Love is a victim of this whole situation with Rodgers and Goody, so I feel bad for him. But that said, I I don't feel any obligation to keep him on my team. I'm sorry you were caught in the crossfire, but if the Packers are brutal and can get David May or uh, Caleb Williams, like Drake 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 May, I'll take him. I'll take either one of them. So I'm going to need your help on this because another option would be, as they said it there, and that's why I asked if you're like actually invested in Jordan Love. Like, 
I wouldn't be invested in Jordan Love. Who cares if he's good or not? I get what you're saying. Right. My point is, I just want the Packers to solve this problem. And the Packers, let's say Jordan Love is meh. But now you still have your first-round pick plus the Jets' first-round pick plus future first-round picks. Maybe you can't go get Drake May or Caleb Williams. But what happened this offseason? Aaron Rodgers was traded, right? From yep. The Packers to the Jets. Last offseason, it was Russell Wilson. I feel like every offseason there's a quarterback on the market. So... I mean, Kyler Murray's probably leaving Arizona pretty soon. I mean, I don't know if you'd want him as a Packers fan, but you talk about potential you franchise your, quarterbacks. Trade your second first-round pick for the lower one for Kyler Murray? I if mean, Jordan Love's the, not the guy? The if you're not going to take, as long as you promise not to take a quarterback in the draft and you're just using that high draft pick to take Kyler Murray, I wouldn't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I. But my point is, there could be someone else up on the market. Right, true. Yeah. And... You're not married to Jordan Love. I mean, that's the the Packers did not marry themselves to Jordan Love. Goody did. No, Goody wants it to work, but with the trade of Aaron Rodgers, it gives them flexibility to have extra picks. And Jordan Love's contract is eatable or cuttable that if you had to absorb a big contract from a different quarterback, you could. I don't know who the most likely upset quarterback would be. Kyler Murray seems like the most likely option out there. But eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. If you got a name for us of a quarterback you think could be on the market that you would want, I mean, you know, you could sign. Kirk, I mean, Kirk Cousins is you sign him. Crazy to think and, that maybe Trey Lance or Sam Darnold would be available. Probably not Sam Darnold, but Trey Lance. Trey Lance would be available this year if you wanted to give uh, a real competition. Jordan Love. It's too late now, but they could have done that. Kirk Cousins you could get him for free. You just pay him. So you're going to have two first-round picks and Kirk Cousins with Jordan Love and Kirk Cousins battling it out on a one-year deal. Ryan in the key chiming in on the talking text line. That he would says, make me sick. says, you want one of those top two picks next year. He sees it as an Andrew Luck RG3 type draft. He's hoping for, he says 0-13 season. I assume he meant 0-17, but I guess he just wants the Packers to bottom out and get one of those guys. No, and that would be the best-case scenario. hoping for that, but... You I don't say no. want Jordan Love to be average. I want Jordan Love to either prove that he has got what it takes to be in this league and can be what the Packers need him to be, or I want him to be so trash that we have to move on from him. That like middle road where we're still not sure is the worst thing that could possibly happen to the Packers. They are who we thought they were. Like it's the worst spot we could be if the Packers go out and win six games, uh, seven games. Eight games, we're in scary trouble. So as I'm scrolling through here, there does not... I mean, Kyler Murray is probably the best quarterback that could be available next offseason, along with Kirk Cousins. Those are probably the two best veteran QBs that would be available. I don't see... I mean, you'd rather have them over Ryan Tannehill. I agree with Ron on the key. I just do not see the first overall pick, which is what you would need. You would need to have the first or second overall pick or luck into a team that does not need a quarterback landing that pick to be truly like that's the best right. position for the, the Packers. The problem but, for teams that are going to land in that pick don't have a quarterback. But not the always Chiefs though. aren't going to be in the number one overall pick. Be like, we're good. We have Patrick. But <laughs> I, I, I hate to put this in the ether, but if Mahomes got hurt, oh, I guess that's, Tim Duncan style with the that's how the the Spurs David Robinson got hurt. They got Tim Duncan because Robinson missed the whole year. You could find something like, again, I hate to use this as an example, but Chicago feels confident enough in Justin Fields when they had the first overall pick, they traded it for Bryce Young. Now, this draft is different. The, the Bears might not have done that if Caleb Williams, Drake May 
Yeah, some of the some of the things that I heard on like national ESPN was they're taking Caleb Williams if they had, were in the same situation. Yeah, I mean that's all conjecture. Oh but, yeah, yeah, certainly but, conjecture. But like it, that that I think is a testament at how good this Caleb Williams is projected yes. to be. But uh, my point is that you have got to land that first two picks. You're probably not trading into it. So I mean, some of the options that could be available. Because let's say let's say this team. We we asked earlier in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six our first Iron Jack poll question and it's fifty six percent no forty four percent yes should the Packers fire Goody if Aaron Rodgers takes the Jets to the Super Bowl and that number that won't happen but here's what will happen Matt Coach Lafleur and Goody will feel the heat if Jordan Love looks meh and the team wins five games so that means here's what will happen. They might draft a QB maybe with their second or third pick in the draft, but Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, those guys, the Packers are going to kick the tires on them because we said this before. I don't know if you were in when I said this, Matt. If the Packers have back-to-back losing seasons, which is not insane, and then Mark Murphy is on his way out after next year, a new president comes in, Goody and LaFleur are going to be human nature, feel the heat. And yeah. if there's a new president coming in and they got one year hiatus with uh, Dingus Mark Murphy in, in charge, they might say, and Murphy might want to go out with a respectable season, I will pay Stafford or we'll pay Cousins or we'll trade for Murray in a hope and a prayer we can put together a season that's respectable with the rest of our roster. Right. And so if they say, hey, Watson's developing, Dobbs is developing, Musgrave looks good, and the defense is good enough, well, we can't roll out there. We can keep Jordan Love, but have Jordan Love compete with Stafford or Love on a team-friendly uh, deal. Stafford or Cousins on a team-friendly deal. Right. You bring in Kyler Murray, you, you really couldn't manipulate the contract. I believe Stafford could be cut and you could bring him in. And same with Cousins. It still would be a big deal, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if Love still won the job. It could be like a one-year Derek Carr type deal. Yeah, I was about to. I was just about to bring up Derek Carr. Those two guys both sound like better situations or better versions of Derek Carr. But even then, Stafford like it's been so injured recently and feels like he cannot play full seasons. And then Derek Carr. I mean, but two years ago he won the Super Bowl. He won two years ago, but now physically he's not the same guy anymore. It feels like it feels like he just can't stay on the field. That's that's the difference. And Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. I mean, they've been the two like models of like that average quarterback. Matt brought up where like you can't really get anywhere with them. Like my biggest fear is what Matt said. Like having Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins as a quarterback because. I don't know where the Packers would go year after year with just one of those guys. But that could be what Jordan Love turns out to be. Yes, but I think... And that's actually probably a best-case scenario. I honestly feel like his ceiling's like Alex Smith, which is a good NFL quarterback. That's not a... He's solid. He was a one-time Pro Bowler, MVP candidate at one point. Yeah, I mean, you build it... It's just not consistently there. I said it before. The Packers have done the reverse Chiefs. The Chiefs went from having Alex Smith put Mahomes in there and went Super Bowls. They've gone from having their Mahomes guy to downshifting to Alex Smith. Matt LaFleur just trying to copy Kyle Shanahan. Just trying to copy his buddy. I don't well, know. Well, Kyle Shanahan's been trying to get a quarterback. He just hasn't gotten it right. It is hilarious. Because they did two. try for Aaron Rodgers, and they drafted Trey Lance. They just haven't gotten it right. Yeah, they even tried for Matthew Stafford, and then right. Sean McVay ended up getting him because the Rams were just willing to pony and up. Mac, Mac, yeah. And Sean McVay said, look, Jared Goff's fine, but we got to get a little better than that. And they went and got Stafford. And honestly, Jared Goff feels a lot what like Trey what, what are the Titans doing? They had Tannehill, they've drafted Willis, and now they drafted uh, the kid Levis. Levis from Kentucky. 
they know, hey, this offense is fine. It can be, uh, I don't want to give a car brand up, it can be a fine mid-sized sedan with these quarterbacks. But if you want a premium luxury SUV type of offense, you got to have the top-tier quarterback. Yeah, you need you need that. I mean, I'm going to throw out a car brand, a Ferrari at quarterback in order to really succeed in the NFL. True. Uh, Canopy Wealth Management, maybe they can help you get that Ferrari of your dreams because they take the time to truly get to know and understand the dynamics of your values, goals, and plans for your family. So you can tell them, like, hey, when I retire, I want a Ferrari. Let's make that happen. They'll give you the retirement plan to get you there. And you can sign up with them. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with them today. That's canopy-wealth.com. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. Presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. I am Jim Rutledge alongside Matt Hamilton. Hello. We are presented by Coors Light. We're going to throw some stones. Let's get after it. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. The guys think they have the answers to everything. Yeah, there is. People (laughs) like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Yeah, guys, it is time to finally throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. I've been surfing the interwebs. I've got questions. Y'all have answers. I'll score those answers throughout, and at the end, we crown our winner of Throwing Stones. So, one of the things I saw while scrolling ESPN Madison's Instagram feed yesterday was on one of their stories where Matt actually took a video with one of the window washers here at our <laughs> office. It was a funny video. There was a window washer rappelling down the building, cleaning our window right outside our offices. Matt stopped to take a photo with him. What did you throw on your hat there? Your well, he had a helmet on, so I thought I'd put a helmet on as well. Oh, safety so, But first. I cleaned the inside of the windows while he cleaned the outside. It was a very funny video. You can go see that on ESPN Madison's Instagram stories. But... Made me wonder, guys, what would it take for you guys to be a professional, or how much would it take for you guys to be a professional window washer? Matt, I'll start with you. So I, I've heard, I've actually given this some thought. I think I would really enjoy the job because when I'm done, I can just like look at the windows, see clean windows, and like you can visually see your work. It's satisfying. There's like a sense of accomplishment there. That said, I have heard. That the the like sun's reflection off those windows is so warm and like sunburn is so common, like those guys constantly got to be wearing long sleeves and stuff because you can't put enough sunscreen on, you'll sweat right through it. But like you're literally in front of a mirror. That's like, and I don't like being hot, so I don't. I just don't think it's for me. And how high up do you think you could go though? I, I mean, fairly. I, like I feel like what's skyscraper. What's about like ten stories? What's the difference other than falling a little longer? I'm still done for. So I don't think it would be that. I, I think I could handle some pretty good heights on it. It would take a second to get used to it, but I, I couldn't. Um, not a heights guy at all? 
It's not uh, even like a scary. million dollars. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do I just, it. I don't think I could do it. I don't. I'm not like diagnosed with vertigo, but like even like looking up, like my when we went camping at uh, Pike Lake, the the kids and my wife climbed up to the top of this really tall tower, and I didn't like being up. To, I don't like going super tall places unless it's like yeah. very secure with the kids because it's just there a lot, and like I, it's almost like I. Not like lose my senses, but it's just overstimulation. Like, yeah, almost. so yeah. like it's a too much. So even like looking up at them, like Welcome I, to my life, <laughs> trying but, living like that, walking around on the ground. But like, right, <laughs> so my wife was even asking me to take photos, and I like I had to like grab a hold of something like a tree, so I could feel not feel dizzy, like I was gonna fall. Like so, I, yeah, I don't know if it's vertigo or not. Anchor yourself. Yeah. So like I just looking since a kid, like I remember like laying like on a bench at like a like a mall looking up, and all of a sudden I got dizzy and I had to like almost like I. I thought I was going to fall off. So, like, looking straight up or, or like, it will throw me off of my balance. Yeah, you couldn't do okay. it. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously, yeah, so it like, doesn't really matter like, how much. So I don't know if it's a fear or if it's just I feel so uneasy and overwhelmed that I can't, like, stabilize myself. Yeah. So, like, it just doesn't work. You're just like Tony Soprano. You can't control you can't control the attacks. Right, yeah. exactly. I don't know if anyone else understood this. Yeah, I mean, those are like, panic attacks, but yes. Panic attacks. I, I know, yes. I know. I'm yes. not to say you're the same. But anyways... Um, but are the rest of them the same? The absolutely. rest, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all of the uh, mafia, Don, boss, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know, killer with a heart of gold. Side hustle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of side, no, excuse me. Um, so after last night's Hard Knocks premiere, it felt like there wasn't much going on on the side because I swear to God, all they were showing was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. First 30 minutes of the show. Typically, that first episode of Hard Knocks, you get like the beginning of the storyline with the fringe roster player who we're going to follow. Like they didn't get to that guy until the hall of fame game in the last like five minutes of the episode. I want to say, I think his name was Surratt, the linebacker. Yep. All right. So I ask you guys after the first episode so far, is there anything you want to see anything else you want to see outside of Aaron Rodgers, or is there anything you're interested in really outside of Aaron Rodgers orbit in this season of hard knocks, Jim, I'll start with you. No, because for me, I never really watched Hard Knocks before. I will say so far, like Robert Sala looks like a guy I'd want to play for. Like hearing him talk, you're like, this guy is a football coach. Now, I don't know if he's better than the floor or not, but I get why Aaron Rodgers called him like an alpha and he's good. Like the storytelling he did, it had a point. It got to the point. It it was kind of masculine football enough too to like oh, carry yeah. the, the story you told about an eagle that has a ravens on its back and it flies yeah. high until the raven passes out and dies like that's just football but uh also football. randall Co- i mean i wouldn't tell a story eagles jets like you could have told some other story because right. i was like yeah, two other yeah. mascots right yeah. but the raven and a, a, yeah, an eagle exactly. but regardless of that I would say that the Cobb, the Lazard, the Hackett, all those sort of all tie-ins. The Green Bay sort yeah. of like And then also for me, like more Sauce Gardner. One, I yeah. uh, found him entertaining last year, but with the Fickle connection, I want to know what kind of guy that Sauce Gardner is because that's Fickle, I think, his premier recruit. And early on, looks like a knockout dude and a knockout football player. So that's exciting for a Badger fan too. Not uh, Just like the reasons the Packers won – with Aaron Rodgers, it's the same reason I'm watching Hard Knocks. Reason one, two, three, four, and five are all Aaron Rodgers. I, I could care less about the rest of their team. I'm going to be honest. You don't care about anything else? Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, none of it interested you? Not unless Sauce Gardner's picking off Aaron or Garrett Wilson's catching a pass from Aaron. 
It, it don't matter. Aaron is the reason they've got the hype. You said they waited too long to get to the storyline. They spent a half hour on the storyline for Hard Knocks. It's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. That nobody who played linebacker that Sala seems to like, that's about as much time as he's going to get because you got the, the man's in town. You ain't stealing the limelight when the man's in town. Wow. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers' show out there in New York, and I'm watching that show because Aaron Rodgers is on it. Matt, stumping for his man. All right, well, <laughs> if there's anyone else who's watching Hard Knocks who maybe wants something else other than Aaron Rodgers, you should maybe watch the new Netflix doc about Johnny Manziel. It came out last night as well. Wow. Um, yeah, Bad you know, timing for uh, another yeah, football doc. It's actually a out. really big month for football docs. I mean, as one might expect I mean, it's in the preseason. It's good timing for it. I mean, leading up to the NFL season, season yeah. yeah. They came out on the same Tuesday. Yes, that's tough. Yeah, but hard knocks. Yeah, good, good choice. One of the clips sounds that like is, a Netflix move. <laughs> okay, <laughs> one of the clips that is already <laughs> circling from the Manziel documentary was him talking. Was them talking about how much film Johnny watched while in his first so season good. with the Browns? Their GMs calling me, going, "He doesn't watch tape." I'm like, "Well, he's got to watch some tape." It's like, "Eb, his iPad hours is 0.00." .00. Zero. So, uh, I ask you guys: Is there anything or any like assignment you ever had, like a big assignment where you just put in zero homework, zero prep time, and it just didn't go well at all? Matt, I'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, Weekdays, two to five, two to four. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of zero effort, you should tune in tomorrow. <laughs> um. Netflix got nothing according, on us. According to Tauscher, uh, the last Olympics, right? I don't do anything until the Olympics roll around. I just kind of roll out of bed, show up in Beijing, and compete. Yeah, you went up north all of last week just yeah. to go, you know, play some frisbee and lawn darts, right? Yeah. Isn't that I, it? Honestly, I'm definitely a huge procrastinator, but I definitely am someone who takes pride in trying to get stuff done still, even if it is late. So I definitely don't just like completely neglect very much. So your film time would have gone in like the day before the game from zero point zero zero to the day of like eighteen yeah, hours. Yeah, but he got zero sleep on his like, uh, you know, rest monitor. I would have totally procrastinated all my homework. All right, Jim. Yeah, the home. You know, I definitely procrastinated in college as well. Mainly, there was a lot of there was a decent amount of classes where there are large classrooms and didn't like take attendance, and if you didn't have like regular homework. I would just show up for the exam, which would mean like usually I put off all the reading for the exam the, the couple, two couple days, days before. before. Yeah. Now I can read quickly. Uh, I can skim and pull stuff out quickly. So it still See, worked out that I would. That's fortunate for you. Yeah. I I'm sure you retained a lot of that info. Well, because here's the thing like, I was a. Well, it wasn't for class. It would be like, you know, just your random filler class. Like a science class, yeah. like a human biology. So like, yeah. I could just fake it and do that and get like a B. Just like walk in filler so, class. I was like my wife's major. <laughs> oh, wow. Like for my, yeah. but for my major, it's a filler. Yeah, no, I was for a sure journalism yeah, major, yeah, yeah. so like I could just do that and get a B. But it's funny in high school, I was solidly a C student because they wanted homework turned in every day, yeah, which no, did not happen, no. which definitely demerited uh, my okay, score. Yes, basically any daily homework I ever got, no big assignment, but daily homework. Ignore it. God, you guys Entirely. Were like, you guys were like the complete opposite of me. I always turned it in on time, always on top of it. Homework. See, I dominated tests. I just okay. wouldn't do homework. Homework kicked my ass. It was so inane. It I was probably would have been like an A or a B student if you just took my test scores. But homework brought me right down to the C's and occasionally a D. Wow. 
I shouldn't say right. occasionally a D. Okay, not D's occasionally. Plural. I've had multiple. <laughs> Look, D's with some C's. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I got D's. Six, eight, double D's. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's this, not call Kathy. <laughs> one of that's obviously just one of the many differences. Like, Matt's got a GED. I. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> GED. <laughs> it's good enough. It's in it. It's good enough. It's hey, a good enough diploma. It was a GED plus, guys. Yeah. All right. It was a GED, GED plus. plus. Exactly. Um. All right. So the final one I wanted to ask you guys. Look, Matt can't read. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a gold medal. It's, it's fine. like National Book Reading Day or Book Appreciation Day or two, or yes, which is why you're revealing this. As Jeff said on Wilding's House today. But you know what? I had one more question for you guys, but we're uh, we're all out of time. But anyways, Ryan can't read either. It's fine. I can't read. I can't. I can't read a clock. Read a clock is what it is. But what Jim can read is this win today. And made it throwing stones. You can't win every day, Matt. What? This is all Look, he has. He can't read, Ryan. When he admitted that he puts in zero prep time for the show each day and it's as good as it is, he's got to get the win. Ryan, read my lips. Hey, I'll cut your mic. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Oh, here she go, either a little too high or a little too low. Got no self-esteem and vertigo, cause she thinks she's made of candy. Hey, ho, here she go, either a little too loud or a little too close. Got a hurricane in the back of her throat, she thinks she's made of candy. And rolling on with Rutledge and Hamilton here from the Everlight Studios. Everlight Solo. Solar Studios. Thank you, Jim. Still can't read. That's <laughs> right there on the wall. <laughs> right at me. Uh, look, we weren't lying. We we are honest yeah. on the show. Matt Hamilton can't, can't read. read. <laughs> I just get so excited. You know, I'm proud of you. You've got a. You could be like uh, some sort of inspiration. I'm pretty successful. Oh. Right now. You can't read. <laughs> can't read. But he's got a gold medal and a a uh, a two talk to show two, <laughs> two to four here on ESPN Madison. The classic work time slot two two to four. Uh, yeah, I mean you put in those hours nine to noon today too. Mm-hmm. Even. Wow, man. I know. I'm kind of a grinder. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a word that uh, is used to describe me a lot. And now he will not be on any any show here at ESPN Madison for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm burned out. We shut him down. <laughs> he needs a vacation. I'm like a pitcher on he's a pitch the, He's the Ben yes. Sheets uh, of uh, ESPN Madison and Ben Sheets, uh, former Brewers pitcher. Oh, yeah. would have like yep. five great outings and it has to be shut down for about two months. Yep. Uh, that's that's Matt Hamilton. But also Matt is kind of living the life of like a 12-year-old. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's 12-year-old? Got, he's got the reading ability of a 12-year-old where he can get most oh. things. He can get the gist of it. Yeah. But he's just not, context I can't, I can't read and speak. That's <laughs> right, the problem. Right, right. Right, right. That's, that's a fourth grade level right Comprehension there. still needs to be improved some. and But his day is less than actually a fourth grader. Like You put in less work per day than oh, a fourth yeah. grader does. But Are you kidding me? You play, Way less. You play sports and talk sports. Like you And like you dress like a 12 or 13-year-old boy. Like you are... <laughs> 
He lives in eternal summer. You wear it well, but you're wearing a hat with an A on it and a shirt with like flowers. Like <laughs> how it just, I guarantee my wife when she substitute teaches, like that outfit is on, I would probably say, 30% of the boys that <laughs> she's teaching. Minus the hat. They don't allow hats, I would imagine, in school. Maybe they do now. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in school, guys. I don't know. But Matt hat, Matt's hat, I thought he had a really nice hat It's not a bad today. hat. I'm not saying it's a bad look. I'd like the look. Wouldn't we all want to dress like a 12-year-old and just be our 12-year-old selves? <laughs> Eat candy for breakfast right. and just show up to work at 1.30? raised for no reason here because I said Everlight Studios instead of Everlight Solar Studios. <laughs> and Everybody's ego takes getting a shot on this. teed show. off on. Hey, who's not calling you old? It's true. We haven't gotten there yet. We right, haven't right. gotten there yet. You can't be old and a 12-year-old. So you want Yeah. Well... I'm sure. Come on, tell me how I can. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, Shani, I'm here. Uh, Eric and Madison chimes in off our topic earlier. Should Goody be fired if Aaron Rodgers takes the Jets to the Super Bowl? If Rodgers takes the Jets to the Super Bowl and Jordan Love takes the packs to the playoff or pack to the playoffs, Goot won't get fired. The issues are conjoined. I do not think that Jordan Love is taking the Packers to the playoffs. I mean, could they backdoor the, in, win a div- But like, if he takes the Packers to the playoffs because they won seven games in a trash division, that's honestly like the worst case scenario. Hey, still because the playoffs. then they're going to convince themselves. The but then you're going to the front office can convince themselves that Jordan Love's the guy. And if Jordan yeah. Love is just meh, and the Packers win seven games and they win the division, that's not the answer you want. You want to have a clear idea of what Jordan. That is the most important thing that happens this year. Is you need to know. What Jordan Love is. That's literally the only thing that matters. Wins do it, not matter. It is the only thing that matters. Is so, he your guy for the future or not? So at that point, like, do you guys worry about him possibly getting hurt in the preseason? Or are you willing to say that he should play a lot of the snaps <laughs> to try and get him ready for the regular season in time? I would I would not care if he did not play a single snap. I am coming snap. around to Matt on this because these these shared practices are a huge well, forget deal. even that. They're going to give him the year, and wins and losses do not matter to this team. We've seen that by the way the roster has been built. So let him take his. Lo- if he has a rough first four games, he maybe he turns it around. It could go the other way too. Like the preseason isn't actually going to dictate much of his success because they're going to give him the whole year. Because if he balls out, it's not going to guarantee do- his job. And if he does terrible, it's not going to guarantee he's, still, he's gone. If yeah. he if he goes out and has a decent regular season, or whatever he does in the regular season, is going to dictate what the Packers do moving forward. So, like, the idea, like, yeah, Jordan Love needs reps, but if Jordan Love gets hurt, the Packers are in the worst-case scenario they could be in, because then you've got a guy that you kind of believe in, obviously, because you pushed out an MVP for it. you got a guy that you kind of believe in who is now on his... Gonna be his third contract, right? Because he got a one-year deal for this year. Uh, technically, yeah, it would be his third contract right? if they signed him. Uh, yeah, he got the one for next year. Contract. So, like, honestly, you don't know what you've got in this guy that you kind of believe in, and you're gonna have to wait another year if he gets injured. Like, that risk is not worth it in any fashion, even if it's less than one percent. That uh, Jordan Love has a season-ending injury in preseason. Don't why take it? It means nothing. He's going to have the whole season to be the starter anyway. The season is not make or break on Jordan Love being good or not. It's make or break on finding out what Jordan Love is. And that is where I think we're getting it misconstrued. It doesn't matter if Jordan Love is good or bad. Because at the end of the day, we need to know, is he the guy going forward or not? So the the only way that we don't know that is if he gets injured. 
So and, don't risk it. And whatever he does in the preseason will not affect. He's going to start every single game this year. If and, he's healthy, right. Yes, and so whatever he does in the preseason doesn't matter. The regular season might as well serve as the preseason. The wins and losses for this team do not matter. We've seen that with the roster. Favorite word from this show. The preseason for Jordan Love is bupkis. It means literally nothing. If you want to send him out there because you he they want to get two reps with the first team, like fine. But if anybody even gets a sniff of Jordan Love in a sack, you get that guy out of there. Out. Get him out of the stadium. Don't even let him sit on the sideline. He can get run into. That guy is Tie everything to the, the Packers post. right now. I don't know. Put him in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Say he can sit on the bus and watch from the bus, and that's yes. the only place he can watch a game. Like, be, for real, they should. he should be in bubble wrap until game one. Okay. Because you need right. to see him play, not because it affects wins and losses. Because we, it's not we, even game speed during preseason. You got the B team with this vanilla defense versus a B team offense running vanilla plays because no one wants to blow their wad on creative plays in the preseason because it doesn't mean anything. So I don't even think Jordan Love is going to get true game reps because it's not against a team giving it their all. And I don't. There's not anything that will happen this season in the regular season. I don't think that's going to get Jordan Love benched. He's going to get a chance to play and start every single game as long as he's healthy. So it literally does not matter what he does. All of his preseason reps, all the reps he needs are going to happen this year. And all he needs to do for the Packers' purposes, for Goody, is show them enough. He's got two goals. He can show them enough that he's the guy going forward. Even if He doesn't have to be the next great franchise quarterback, but they feel enough that he's ascending and they'll take maybe a quarterback later or draft or sign a a fair veteran, or if they can figure out, look, we don't if we don't know, that's the worst case scenario because now they're going to have to hedge their bets multiple different ways. If he shows them he's bad, that's helpful too. So super helpful. It's the yeah. meh is is the worst case scenario, and he's going to have he's just he's going to be up and down, and I think he's not going to show them enough at the end of the year for them to feel a hundred percent in. I think they'll feel in enough, but I do think that they'll draft a quarterback. In next year's draft, maybe not high. Maybe it'll be third round, fourth round, something like that, and and sign a veteran. And then have Jordan Love compete. The veteran would be more like the James Winston, Mitch Trubisky type, because that's going to happen. I'm speaking into existence that Mitch Trubisky will be a Green Bay Packer before it's all said and done. And I think it will be next year. Oh, it comes back to Mitch. It will happen. I can feel it in my bones. Okay. And I'll write the prediction. I'm going to buy Matt a jersey then, too. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> a number 10 Mitch Trubisky Packers jersey, because that will happen no, next season. He's going to replace Jordan Love's number? Oh, Even he's going to take his number I and everything? Jordan, number nine. Uh, wasn't number nine the other Bears quarterback who signed with the Packers? Jimmy uh, McMahon. Jimmy that McMahon? was a long yeah. time ago. I, I don't know. think wow. they retired that. Yes. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but as I see the Brewers are tied 5-5 to with the Rockies, who I believe are terrible football. They're probably a terrible football team, too, but they're also a bad (laughs) baseball team at 45-68. and So if I'm not wrong, the Brewers got owned by the Braves and then split a series with a trash Pirates team. And I think... They won on Monday and lost last night. Right, so they might lose this series to a trash Rockies team. So are the Brewers, they're not good. Nobody in NL Central is good. NL Central is good. NL Central, AL Central are both just 
dumpster fires of divisions. I mean, yes. the Brewers might be the best team in a bad division, but they're not. Like, I just don't think they're a very good baseball team. So my team. buddies are saying, like, the Twinks are at right now. Which is, the, uh, that's the AL Central. So, yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, like, they're almost have the, the exact, exact same record as right. Bruce. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm glad they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. The Braves are head and shoulders above them, and so I think are the Dodgers in San Francisco and likely Philadelphia. San Francisco hasn't really done much this year. I don't think their record's that great, is it? It's still a, well, I guess maybe they're not head and shoulders, but they're yeah. better. No, it's def- it's it's the Braves and then everyone else in the NL. But the Dodgers year. are better than them too. The Dodgers, the, have, yeah, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Yeah, the like, Dodgers and the Braves clearly better. Philadelphia and San Francisco, I think, are better. Heck, Miami might be better. Miami is pretty good. They they've been on a real slump since the All Star game, but no, the NL Central like is not good. The like, AL Central, no, the, the AL Central. well, neither Central is good. Yeah. But I just think because okay, the Brewers have sixty one wins, but they play obviously the large amount of the games in. The NL Central. So well, like, not anymore. They actually cha- the MLB changed that where you don't play nearly as many games. But you in still division. play the ma- the majority of your games are still going to be the most. Yeah, yeah. The most teams you the teams you play the most are still in your division. Right. Yes. So I'd, I would say that on like if they were just in any old division, they're a 500 baseball team. Yeah, most likely. But and that's, that's everyone in the NL Central. That's not picking on the Brewers. I don't think Cincinnati's good. I don't think Chicago's good. I think they're all just fine. Yeah, Chicago's really nipping at their heels. St. Louis too. must be pretty bad. This they're year. trash and they trade St. away Louis players. And Pittsburgh is always bad. The the Cubs, like yes, they're hot right now, but they're they're a fine baseball team. Yeah, like, these are all five hundred baseball teams that, by being a product of the NL Central, might be five six games above five hundred, but like they're not good baseball. And teams. there's a really good <laughs> chance two of those teams will make the playoffs because they're both they're all three in the wild card hunt as well as being in the NL Central hunt. I think the Brewers or the NL Central like top spot is only like one and a half games ahead of the NL wild card yeah, spot. Yeah, no, it's 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 bad. <laughs> it's, it's not it's it is what it is, what might say. They're being yeah. kind of like led to They're s- making the best of a weird situation. Well hopefully they make the best of it. They're losing they split versus a terrible Pirates team. I feel like they split against Washington. They might have even lost that series. They got owned by Atlanta and now they might they might lose the series against Colorado. Yeah, they are currently down six to five. In oh, the so top they, of 10. All right, so that just happened because it was five to five is why I brought it up. Uh, yeah, so it, it might not go super well for them. And they blew the game in the extra, in extra innings last, last night. night yeah, too. okay. Yeah, I'm going to be a little more positive than that. The Brewers are fine, guys. Don't yeah, they are a fine it. team. We're a fine team. We're going to make the playoffs and then then get hot. Can I ask you guys if the Brewers don't make the playoffs? Does it really like? Don't you just feel like you don't really care? I might about call in sick. You were calling sick because the Brewers, yeah. the Brewers didn't make an it. Emotional That's, day. You be an emotional wreck. Three mm-hmm. starting pitchers for the Milwaukee Brewers. No, <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I Bed refuse. sheets, Teddy Higgins, <laughs> and CC Sabathia, <laughs> Raleigh Fingers. Nailed it. Raleigh Fingers was a reliever, Matt. <laughs> Wasn't he? Is he not a pitcher? Though? I thought he was a setup. Like, he was a I, Hall of Fame setup guy. Yeah, I believe with the Brewers, oh, he, he was starter, a didn't starter oh, pitcher. He okay. didn't. Because back then, like, relievers yeah, remember, were not... I watched him watch. You are the baseball guy. Yeah, <laughs> I watched him watch. He's so old, he watched Raleigh Fingers live. Yet uh, he dresses like a 12-year-old. <laughs> He's a real enigma, Matt Hamilton. Yes, an enigma wrapped in... A I'm riddle in a, in a, in a, in a yeah. fortune cookie. There yes. you go, yes. Uh, you know what's not an enigma is where to go if you need a new or new-to-you Chevy truck, whether it's Silverado or Colorado or an SUV, go see my friend Dan Andrews out at Simden Chevy in Mount Horrible. Only minutes away from a better buying experience out there at Simden Chevy in Mount Horrible. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. We're live from the uh, Everlight Solar Studio. 
Nice. There you go. Uh, he's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge. Ryan Wollersheim behind the glass. Needs to stop talking in my ear when I'm talking. No, it's well, I'm just trying to help, Jim. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> just, I, I can actually read the clock. I'm trying to show you I know how to read a clock now. You just got this sixth sense that the second I start talking, I just hear... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, uh, just a pro tip: just try to say it when Matt. Matt is coloring right now, so I get it. Matt doesn't yeah, talk so you a can lot. Talk but, to me, right? Well, okay. Well, I, Matt's not the one driving the show. I'm trying to help <laughs> the person <laughs> driving make sure we know when we're going to arrive at our destination. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to say it subtly so that it doesn't over overcome what you're currently saying. Because until Matt is done with his coloring book, as the 12 year old he is, then. I can actually tell you, but by then the show might be over. So I don't know. I I want to make sure I get in your ear. All right. He needs to improve though, right? Because it is a lot. It's oh, just yeah. if you're just in the car, if you're listening, this is what you hear. <laughs> in your ear. And you're like, what? <laughs> Jordan Love might not need reps, but Ryan Wallersheim needs reps. I need reps with the talk back button. <laughs> I hope is that, that what it is? When the, I, that might be the hardest thing to be a quarterback when the coach comes in and they start reading the play to you. How do you yeah. not hear it as <laughs> like for those who watched the uh hard knocks thing last like you imagine being Zach Wilson hearing throw it to Malik. Throw to Malik, right. Malik, pressure, pressure. Malik, <laughs> right? Like Aaron Rodgers is just—I would have been like, "Shut up!" I'm just channeling my inner Aaron, guys. It's all. Yeah. It is. No, you nailed it. Yeah, Schuster's not out there. Sweep, sweep, sweep. No, he is. Oh, That's the okay. thing. <laughs> he just screams it. He doesn't need to. I don't need a microphone. He'll just scream it down the sheet. Well, what else would I be doing? <laughs> would it be my response to him? Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Apologies. I'll stop trying to help then. Do it. <laughs> Ryan, there you go. 20 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> 20 seconds left in the show, Ryan. Scalzel and Brust, or I don't know, some assortion of hosts coming up next. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Five seconds, Ryan. Two, one, six seconds.